God's richest blessings to you on this day as we gather for worship. Praise God for that. Even though I can't see whether you're going to be happy with this sermon or not, all I can see are the masks, but that's okay. Uh, listen, this is a great day as we celebrate fathers, rightfully so, because here's what I want you to hear. Fathers, you are essential. We've heard a lot about who's essential and who's not, haven't we, these last few months? And I just want to make sure the fathers know you are essential. And what I pray will happen today is I'll encourage you fathers, and I will have a blessing for all the rest of you as you hear this message. So here's the first thing I want to say. You don't have to be a perfect dad to be a wonderful dad. Do you know that? By God's grace, his forgiveness, even if you fall down, men, God will lift you back up and you can continue to be engaged in the life of your family and in your community. Here's another encouragement I want to give you. When it comes to your family, moments, just small moments of engagement can translate into a lifetime of memories. I want you to see this example. Would you take a look at this video? Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. I just love that. Don't you think that little girl's going to remember that the rest of her life? That's awesome, these small moments. And so let me share with you what a, a dad can bring to his family and to others around him. And first of all, humor. Do you know that humor gives fun, it gives perspective, it gives affection to those in your family? We need to learn not to take ourselves so seriously all the time. You can just laugh sometimes, even when things go wrong. There's a child's game that's been around for a long time. It's called Pie Face. Have you ever played Pie Face before? That's where you have this catapult and you put some whipped cream on it. You have a, a spinner and you spin it that tells you how many times you have to crank, uh, turn the handle, to crank it around, and you put your face in this brace. And what you don't know is how many turns will it take until that catapult brings the cream to your face, all right? And so you put there down there and it comes and if it hits dad, everybody laughs, that's funny, that's hilarious. And then you watch it, one of the kids, especially one of the small ones, they're doing it. If they get the pie face, you can see it. Are they gonna get angry? Are they gonna get, cry and get whine about it? Or do they learn just to laugh? Well, just laugh, you can have joy. You see, what that does is give you perspective in life, because in life, you will have pie in your face somewhere along the line. Maybe a kid will make fun of you. Maybe your toy gets broken. Maybe you don't get the trophy for being first place in your team, although today everybody gets trophies, but, you know what I'm talking about. And so it gives perspective to life. 
It helps you handle these things so you don't whine, so you don't go into a pity party. Rather, you can have joy. You know what joy comes from? It's from the experience of unconditional love. That's where joy comes from. And so you give, perfect, uh, you give that perspective and you show your affection. Just let your kids know you like them. And I want you to grab the power of this. Not only that you love them, but that you like them. I've learned I can do this as a grandpa, okay? It works there too. It was last year. I'm at my son's house, and uh, it's a hot day. We're out in the backyard. We're playing water games, and my five-year-old at the time, granddaughter, she wanted to play Escape the Water Monster. Guess who was the water monster? Me. Papa was the water monster. And we played, and we played, and thanks to my wife, Actually, a picture was taken, and I don't want you to see it yet because I just have to warn you. Uh, this is a very embarrassing picture. This is an image that I think you'll probably want to forget as soon as you can. But the idea is if I can get across to you that you can do this and capture these moments, dads, and engage in the life of your children, then it's worth it. Okay, you ready for the water monster? Here he is. Okay, there's the water monster. And she got around me. She got through me. It was just amazing. By the way, did that have impact? Well, actually, she had an assignment in kindergarten last year, and it said, one of the things says, what is fun in your life? And guess what number one was? Papa. Number two, by the way, was dad. So does that tell you something? Yes, I want you dads to do the cheer with your daughter. Play the game of ball with your son. I mean, wrestle on the floor. Tell the bad dad jokes, even if they groan. Tell them anyway and just share with your kids. Get engaged in their life because our God has made dads to bring this joy to the family. And do you know Father God's the same way? Let me look at 1 Peter that we heard read just a few moments ago. Peter is writing to a church that is being persecuted. You talk about pie in the face. They were mocked for their faith. They were sometimes put into prison for their faith. Many of them were threatened by execution if they maintained their faith. And here is what Peter, the spiritual father of the church, wrote to the believers. He said, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, yes, you're exiles. You don't belong in this world. Sometimes you experience those kinds of things, but put it in perspective. You've been chosen, chosen by the Heavenly Father with deep and abiding love. There was a cost to that choice he made, the cost of his own son on the cross to take away our sin. You've been chosen, and he absolutely delights in you. As a matter of fact, do you know that every Sunday you actually hear the message that the Father God and God himself, the Trinity, likes you? It's in the benediction. You know where it is? May the Lord shine his face upon you. You know what that is? That's a smile. He delights in you. He loves you and he likes you. There's power in knowing that. And I'm just telling you, dads, if you engage with your children and you tell them you like them as well as you love them, you will increase the influence factor in their life far beyond you've ever experienced before. 
Here's the next thing. A father's protection gives security, safety, and peace. And look at what uh, Peter wrote to the believers and as he goes on in his letter. He says, in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, who through faith are shielded by God's power. And here Peter's making it very plain, very simple, that God is protecting you. No matter what you go through, don't forget where you're headed. He has a place for you, and he cares for you. And so he shields you with his power. You know, the picture here, I would say, is that the dad's role in the home is what, is what a roof is to a house. I think that's a good picture, a roof to the house. It's not more important than the other parts of the house, but it's got a very important role to protect, doesn't it? Because you see, when there are holes in the roof, then the family, the whole family, suffers to the harsh elements of nature, of whatever comes along, the winds, the rain, the cold, the heat. And so the roof is very important. And that's a role that a dad plays in the house, to the wife, to the children, to be that protector, to give security, to give safety, that all could be at peace, all is well. The anxiety levels go down. You can do this in simple ways, by the way. I know that... When we're in a season of of the year when the sun goes down earlier and it's dark out and my wife is coming home from work or she's been at a meeting and coming home, I'll do something that seems so simple, but it's just a way of letting her know all is safe, all is well. I turn on all the outside lights. I turn on the light that she, uh, as she enters in from the garage and that light's on for her to come into the house. And it's just a small way to say, it's okay, it's going to be all right. And so, indeed, you bring that protection to your family. The next thing is a father's faith and humble wisdom give courage, hope, and resiliency to the family. This is so important as well. Share your faith. Point them to the the love of the Heavenly Father and the gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who gives us life. Let them know that, yes, they are birthed into the family of God by the grace of God in the waters of baptism and that God loves them. I love how... uh, How Peter writes this, he says, In all this, all this that God has done for you, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Yes, you're going to suffer. Yes, this world's a sin-broken world. Yes, we ourselves sometimes make life difficult because of our corrupt nature. But we have a God who loves us and redeems us. And even if you go through hardships, it says, don't let that shake you at the core. You're okay. God will be with you. What a comfort to know that in all the trials of life, God is with us. Let me say something about this pandemic that we've been dealing with for now months. You think God was caught off guard? You think he goes, oh, didn't see that coming? He knows exactly what's happening in his world. He's still on the throne, and he is still at work in his world in a very powerful way. 
Indeed, I say God is already at work. He's working in us, the church teaching us how we are to bring love to a world that doesn't seem to really know that love of God. And we are to be lights that shine. We are to be people of truth. And we are to be a people who bring what is just and right and good to our world. God is at work in us. And he's telling us to have courage, to have hope, to be resilient in the times that we are facing, as difficult as they are. And the racial tensions that we see and the, and the rupture that we see between relationships today, do you think God does not know that that was going to happen? And do you not think that he's at work even now perhaps to teach us, to humble us, to help us to be a presence in this world? And so what I'll tell you is that fathers, as you share your faith and your humble wisdom, please hear the word humble. Don't think that your job is to pour everything you know into your kids like you can open up their brain and just pour it in and they have to accept it because they won't get most of it. Just walk with them. Just listen sometimes. Just pray. Just share with them along the journey. I'll never forget a time in my life when a counselor told me that what you need to do in the life of your kids is simply this, get to know them. And when I started to do that, I saw the, the influence. I saw the relationship reconciled. I saw God beginning to work. And so God tells us that uh, I'm with you through all this. And dads, you can relay that to your family. Kind of reminds me of a dentist appointment I had last year. Yeah, it's been that long because, uh, well, you know, couldn't go to the dentist lately. But I had to have some teeth work done, and uh, I like my dentist because he kind of forewarns me what I'm about to go through. Otherwise, he knows my anxiety will spike. He might even know that I might push him away and run out of the place. Cause, and so I like this. He says, okay, there's going to be a little sting. It'll be all right. And he was right. It was a little sting. He said, now it's going to burn. That's just what it does. It's nothing unusual. He said, all right, this is a drill. It's going to make a little noise. He said, you might smell some smoke, all right, when I drill this. And I was sure glad he told me this ahead of time. You know what that did? That gave me courage. That gave me hope and resiliency. I'm going to get through this. And that's what God does. He says, though you're going through these things for a little while, you're going to be all right. For I have won the victory for you, and you'll be with me forever. And then a father's love gives worth and significance in our life. And we know that, how important it is. It helps us know who we are and that we can love God and we can love others. That's what happens when you know the love of, of God Almighty. John the Apostle wrote it in a beautiful way. He said, see what love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Everyone needs to know the love of a father especially the Heavenly Father. What happens to those children who have no father? Whether it's because they're physically gone or maybe emotionally they are absent. What happens when the holes are in the roof because of a dad who is caught up in whatever addiction it may be? Workaholism? Alcoholism? What happens to those children? Maybe we can learn something from this illustration. It's a story of a reporter, a columnist, who 
wrote on the fact of what was happening to the white rhinoceros in Africa. It was in Polanisburg Park in South Africa. And a phenomenon was going on that these already endangered species, these rhinos, were being found dead. There were 39 carcasses over a period of time of someone who was killing these animals, these beautiful animals. And so to figure this out, they thought maybe it was poachers, but they noticed that the horns were still next to the carcasses. So they weren't poachers trying to get the valuable horns. So they tagged a few of these rhinos. Well, they tranquilized them first, a good idea. And then they tagged them, and then they tracked them where they went, and then they put cameras up to figure out what's going on. And the wardens were absolutely shocked when they found out that young elephant bulls, the males, were harassing these rhinos, chasing them long distances, and when the rhinos wore out and couldn't take it anymore, they threw sticks at the rhinos and then they stomped them to death. This was highly unnatural for elephants, this big gentle giant of an animal. What was going on? And they look back over the history and they think they discovered it. The scientists and the wardens worked on this and what they found was, the game wardens worked on this, they found that 20 years earlier, there were too many elephants. The population was increasing so quickly in another park called Kruger National Park. And in order to uh, alleviate the situation, they decided to transport the elephants from Cougar to Polanisburg Park, except they couldn't transport the huge male elephants. Many of them were killed. And so basically what you had were elephants growing up without the influence and the presence of older male elephants. And the result was that these teenage elephants now had increasing violence and aggression. Can I say that again? Without the presence of the older, mature male elephants, the violence increased. Can you apply that today? Can you see what's happening as many of our homes do not have fathers? Especially in some of the areas that are experiencing the greatest violence. Indeed, fathers are essential. And even if you're here today and you're not a physical father, let me tell you something. You can be a spiritual father, a mentor. I will tell you that uh, as I worked with churches in Macomb County, one of the things that we felt was so important was that we would go into schools and be reading mentors in order to have influence. It wasn't really about reading as much as it was to have life connected to life and to give encouragement and hope and to deposit the love of God and Christ into the students. Though we couldn't preach the words, we could show the actions. When I was a pastor at St. Paul in Pontiac, it was a, that's a congregation where you have many broken families. It's a multiracial congregation and we would have Wednesday night family meals. And uh, the kids would come. They don't have dads, many of them. Many of the dads were in prison or gone or on drugs. And, and so they would come to our 
family night meal. We called it that on purpose. And we would then have Bible study and Bible lessons for all ages. But every once in a while, I would just have them play bingo. All the ages together, we played bingo. Why? I wasn't just trying to get out of work, by the way, of preparing a lesson. It was because, well, first of all, they were learning letters. They were learning numbers. That's pretty good, isn't it? But they were learning about life. They learned that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Okay, don't cry about it. Don't whine about it. You're okay. Look, we're having fun. We're all together. We're a family. And what I noticed is that over time, these kids got very attached and they craved the love of a father in their life. And when they would come in on Wednesday nights, I'm going to tell you I got some of the cutest, sweetest kids in the world. Well, not always so sweet, but they would come in and they would just hug me and cling to me. And the older ones even, we had fun teasing each other, a little banter back and forth. Why? Because I was telling them, not only do I love you, not only does God love you, but I like you, and you have what it takes. Keep walking by faith in Jesus. Don't ever forget you have a God that is there for you. I'm telling you, fathers, you are essential. And you don't have to be a perfect dad to be a wonderful dad. You just be one who knows the love and forgiveness of God and engage in the life of your family and engage in the life of our community and watch God work. The last thing I'll say this is, what can the rest of you do to encourage dads? I think the main thing you can do is you communicate the message to them you are essential. And what you do matters. And though it may not be perfect, and it can be messy, we thank God for you. God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen.